0: Shut up, and sit down. Hello, and welcome to Era 204, a podcast discussing theology from a reformed perspective and genuinely nerdy things where there's no content that you won't love. I'm your host, Luke Denner. And I'm Mark Fromey. Today, we're going to be talking about Soli Deo Gloria, which is to the glory of God alone, and then also talk about our top five TV shows, respectively, and so that's where we're headed with all that. Mark, what's been going on lately? How you been doing?
1: I've been doing pretty good, uh, staying busy with work and things like that. Um, yeah, it was a kind of relaxing weekend, actually, just not much to do, so got to just spend the, the weekend with my wife and hang out, watch some TV and read a little bit, but there wasn't a whole lot going on, so it's been... It's been a lot of fun. Um I've been playing a lot of Rainbow Six Siege lately again.
0: Such a good game.
1: Such a good game, man. I, I love playing that game pretty much always. And so Yeah, I
0: know. We usually when we play games together that's what you want to play. Although lately we've been on a Day of Infamy case. We've
1: played a lot of Day of Infamy. Day of Infamy's been a lot of fun too, so
0: Yeah, if you guys don't know what that game is, you should look it up. It's a mod of a mod for counter strike. A mod of you know, a mod the, the
1: mod game. the number of mods that c- it's it's like modception going into Day of Infamy.
0: It is. It's awesome, but it's a fantastic game. It's it's set in World War II, and it's I mean, if nothing else, can kind of maybe Counter Strike set in World War II, but a hundred times better.
1: I mean, that's yeah. The that
0: gives you an idea of Day of Infamy. Yeah,
1: Insurgency was a mod of Counter Strike Source, which was then modded into Day of Infamy. So
0: yeah, Ca- Counter Strike's accurate, yes. but yeah. Yeah, I think this is better. I say that having never played Counter-Strike, though. Uh, so, I've played you know. plenty
1: of Counter-Strike, and I, I, I'm I, not actually a huge fan of Counter-Strike, but I love Dave of Infamy, so...
0: Well, there you go. We heard it from the hardcore gamer. Dave of Infamy is better. The hardcore gamer. So, <laughs> you're the hardcore, I'm the dirty casual. You're the dirty that's, casual. That's how, that's how it works. That's, yep, that's just how we're referencing each other throughout the rest of this podcast. Even though like not just this episode, oh man, the whole, the whole podcast—the
1: hardcore gamer and the dirty casual—even though even though gaming is not our topic really at all,
0: <laughs> exactly. Even though it's it's just something that pops up every now and then. Whenever we reference gaming, you're the hardcore and I'm the dirty casual.
1: Yeah, that sounds so, sounds good.
0: Uh, that's just how this is going to work.
1: My my wife and I have also been watching through. Uh, man, I can't believe it. I, I've always I've always dogged on Friends. You know that. Never been a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Like One or two episodes has been usually the max I can handle. But we've been watching a See, whole lot of friends. Okay. She's, she's got me hooked on it. It's been pretty much the only thing we've been watching. We've watched been watching a couple other smaller shows too. But if I get home from work and we sit down for dinner or something and uh, we just want to watch something we end up watching Friends most of the time.
0: Nice. Yeah, Ashley actually just, my wife just finished that last night. She wrapped up the series, and I realized how how sappy I am when it comes to season finales or series finales of shows when I sat down and watched the series finale with her, and I was sad at the end of Friends, and I've watched like maybe five episodes with her throughout the whole thing, and I was sad because it was the finale and the show was over, and that's just how I get when shows end. You You can ask Ashley, she'll tell you, that when shows end, I'm just like depressed for a week because I'm sad that it's over and I don't want it to be over. That's weird. So, I know. It's it's the same way with a good book. You finish a good book, you're sad because you want more of it. So I know I'm I'm a freak. But yeah. but yeah, this this weekend was pretty relaxing for us too. We didn't have a whole lot, whole lot going on. Well, things that were supposed to go on that I messed up, but it all worked out, and and we're ended up getting to spend some time together, watch some TV. And, and hang out. So basically, what you guys did in Michigan, we just did here in Missouri. Oh, perfect. Again, Mark and I are the same person with different filters. It's,
1: it's terrifying, in more ways than I care to admit. To be honest.
0: Yeah, and and there are times when Mark will neglect that he's the same person as me, but deep down he really is. And if you get him in the right mood, it really shows. So. Just, yeah, it's pretty. Know, keep true. that in mind. You don't you don't have two hosts. You have one host that's just split into two people, two voices. There here you go basically no no we're different enough that it keeps it interesting
1: you have, you have the pg-13 but. host and you have the r host
0: i am not r i'm pg-18
1: i feel like They're i feel like the same as r <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we're better off doing the esrb ratings than we are the MPAA. i'm t for teen you're m for mature
0: <laughs> yeah but no nudity well,
1: so that's, that's that's always good, good.
0: Just just drug references <laughs> and stuff like violence. Violence is definitely a there. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, well, that's good. You had a good yeah. weekend.
1: I'm glad.
0: Yeah, it's 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 been good. But, well, with with all that interesting stuff along the way here, oh, let's go ahead and get into Soli Deo Gloria. And so, again, October 31st is going to mark the 500th anniversary of Luther nailing his 95 Theses to... To the door, and and so a lot of people are covering this. We realize that, but these are things that that need to be brought back up. They need to be visited, and and that's because they're so foundational and they're so core to the church, to being Protestant, and and honestly, deeper than that, to being Christian, to being a follower of God. is, is these five tenets are are very. They're very foundational for that, I would say, and they're very foundational for the church and for how we're going to handle everything within the church, from the teaching to the application of that. And so I think it's great seeing how many people are coming back and talking about these things and just bringing them back up. And it's really been cool to see them being revived in in the church. I mean, you have the movie Calvinist that Les Lampier put out talking about that, how not the... Not the uh solace per se, but just kind of reformed theology in general is making a resurgence within the church, which is really exciting and really encouraging to see that that turn back to solid biblical theology that's occurring. And not that it was lost, but it definitely took the background there for a while, and now it's kind of edging its way back up to the forefront, which is really it's just a really encouraging thing to see.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's been uh very different. I, I think that it really does come down to what we talked about last time with Sola Scriptura, that people are, are going back to Scripture, find, finding their focus in Scripture, and, and the outflows in the way that they act and the way that their theology is, and you get more of that Reformed-leaning theology when you get into really what, what is Scripture saying and teaching. And so uh, I haven't gotten to watch Calvinist yet. I plan on picking that up here pretty soon once I got a little bit extra money laying fantastic,
0: around. Fantastic, fantastic documentary.
1: Yeah, Lindsay and I are really excited to watch it. So, um, But yeah, I, I think that that coming back to that attitude and coming back to that uh, approach to Scripture and to, to Christianity is a good thing and uh, seeing it manifest itself and those things like solo Scripture and, and looking at faith alone and grace alone and everything and, and salvation coming through Christ... Um, I think the natural outflow of that is what we get here, which is is God being glorified above all else and and solo, solely right. Um, God is is the one who receives the glory for the work that happens within us and the work that happens within His creation because it's all His and it's when, when we have a view of a God that shows how sovereign God is, then. There's no way for God not to be the center of focus, the center of attention, and the one who is receiving the, the glory and the praise for everything that's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and it is, and it's, it totally changes your your worldview. It totally just flips your life on on its head when you start getting this, when you start seeing everything that is occurring is occurring for God's glory. He's working all things together for His glory. Everything we're doing should be for His glory. And and it's it's interesting seeing the the kind of dichotomy there too of God is not going to lose glory off of our foolish off of our sinful acts. He's he's still going to work things together for his glory, but at the same time, he's also wired us to where we can bring him glory through our actions once we've been saved by Christ, and and we delight in that and we take joy in that and and so seeing that again, it just totally totally flips everything because instead of looking to God's provision for my joy, which we can do that, but instead of looking to what I can get for my joy, or looking to things of the world for my joy, I start looking to his glory for my joy, and I start seeing my pleasure found there, and, and it just gets to radically shape the way we live, and it's really cool to see that start playing out. Um, before we get too much farther, let's let's go ahead and define glory. I'm going to read something by John Piper, who... John Piper, we talked about him in a, a couple Boy, podcasts yeah. He... He is. He is the guy who really turned me on to this. He's the guy that really got me to start thinking about God's glory being the greatest thing, about God's glory being the ultimate thing we should be seeking after, God's glory being the ultimate thing that he is seeking after, and how we find ultimate joy in that, and that whole Christian hedonism um, idea that Piper puts forth. And, I mean, you have his most famous quote being that God is... I'm gonna mess God up is now. God
1: is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him.
0: That one and I, I was actually thinking of the his change on the catechism is what's the ultimate what's the chief end of man uh, to, to glorify, glorify God yeah. by enjoying him yeah, forever. Yeah. And and so seeing that is it, it just totally rocked my world. But he says here in an article on ligoneer dot org, he says the glory of God is the holiness of God put on display. That is, it is the infinite worth of God made manifest. Notice how Isaiah shifts from holy to glory. And in Isaiah 6-3 here, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. When the holiness of God fills the earth for people to see, it is called glory. And so he's saying that the glory is God's holiness put on display through his creation, put on display through Christians following his will, following his commands, and and honestly living with that heart that's intending to make him worthy that's another word i think we get to associate with glory is what we're what we're ascribing worth to what we're making much of what we're valuing and ultimately that should be god because he is the only one worthy of that he is the only one worthy to be glorified ultimately
1: yeah and i I think too that I mean, I love that definition, that holiness, that glory is, is God's holiness put on display, right? God's holiness is one of his defining attributes, that separation. He's, he's different from us. He's different from his creation. He's, he's better. Uh, he's more valuable, I think, is in the next paragraph in that Piper article. He even says that he's infinitely more valu- valuable. Um, and I think that's a a good way to describe God's glory, and and it's what we seek after. Um, and I think too, as as believers, I'm going to jump right into looking at application with this. Like, it sh- it should give us confidence, right, that that we know God is going to seek His glory, and that we're called to seek God's glory. Because without that attitude, then we we can't really have confidence or, or rely on who God is or what he's going to do. But because we see that consistent trait throughout scripture that God is is jealous for his glory and is jealous for the worship of his creation because he's the only one worthy of it. We see him, you know, do things in his creation and bring redemption like the whole redemptive plan is is to glorify him. We see in Jeremiah when he's telling the prophet about you know, his plan for the coming covenant and the Messiah and how it's not for his people that he's doing this. Like, he, his people will benefit from this, but he's doing this to make his name great and show those who, you know, the Israelites have, have basically made a very bad display of who God is to, to the nations around them because they've fallen into idol worship and all these different things and, and been disobedient to God's law. God's whole point is, I'm going to bring about this redemption. I'm going to do it because the nations need to know who I am and you haven't done a good job of that. So I'm going to put on display myself by my own means because I can accomplish these things. I can show the world who I am as God and the world will glorify me because I'm worthy of that glory.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it does. It, it gives that confidence to And it also gives encouragement in saying, you mentioned redemption was for God's glory. And so... How that all functions, like, I I can't tell you. I can't tell you why sending Christ to be crucified is an act that brings God glory. But I know that it does, and I can find peace and encouragement in that, because I know that he's glorified through loving his people, through his gospel. And so we we have an encouragement that if, if his greatest goal is his glory then nothing's going to stop that. Nothing's going to get in the way of the redemption. Nothing's going to get in the way of the completion of the gospel that we find in Revelation because he's pursuing his glory and his pursuit is not going to be thwarted. But his glory is our greatest good. And and it's really encouraging to think that because I think a lot of times people hear, oh, well, God's concerned about his glory, and they equate that with, well, then God really didn't come to the cross because he loved people. He went to the cross for his glory. Well, no, it's both and. We don't get to separate the two. He went to the cross for his glory, and he loves his creation, and he loves his church for his glory. And so it's, there's, not a, there's not a dichotomy there, there's not a breakdown there, and I think we try to make one. And so I think that's why there's been such an emphasis in the church on the love aspect of, oh, God loves you, he did this because he loves you. The problem is when we make that the primary motivation, when we make man the primary motivation, then we end up with a very man-centered gospel. Yeah, and we end up with it being all about us, and it just flat out isn't.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's super true. It's it's not about us, and and Scripture makes it that clear. Uh, I think when we when we actually take the time to read what God's Word has to say, and I think it also makes it clear that not only is God seeking His own glory, but we as His people are also here to seek His glory. Right? It's it's not a glory that focuses or centers on us. It's not something that we we have within us, you know. In First Corinthians ten thirty one, Paul writes, "So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God." And so, what Paul's saying there is, is it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, but glorify God no matter what it is. And so, if that's something as simple as eating or drinking, um, if that's something as as great or big as uh, proclaiming the gospel in front of thousands of people, if that's a position God puts you in do those things for his glory because he's the only one worthy of the glory for those situations
0: yeah and this solo just gets so ridiculously practical too like you go back to those examples eating or drinking how how do I glorify God when I'm eating well I can give thanks to God for the provision he's given me I don't get to be gluttonous because I know God is not glorified in sin and gluttony is sin If, if what am I drinking am I drinking alcohol in excess to the point of drunkenness and stepping over into sin Or am I going to receive good gifts with thanksgiving and thereby bring him glory? And all the way up to proclaiming the word. Am I proclaiming the word of God because it makes me look smart, because it makes me feel good, because I feel like I'm helping people? Or am I proclaiming the word of God because I want his glory, I want his holiness to be put on display for everyone to see? And so it gets so practical there into how does this play out? Well, it plays out by I get to Make sure every act I'm doing is going to be God's glory, and we get a really clear cut line of, if if I'm sinning, I'm not glorifying God, and so it's it's not like it's a super hard thing to put into practice, cognitively. Unfortunately, and yeah. <laughs> in, in, in everyday life, it gets a little bit trickier. Yeah, but and that's but it's cool. I,
1: I think it it becomes easier too, when again we look at. at what god's word has to say and, and the solos before when we when we begin to realize how sovereign god is and how how mighty god is and all that he's orchestrated and put into plan and created and all of these different things that scripture goes on and on about I and mean, i've i read through job last week and when when god finally answers job who's been questioning all these things that are happening to, happening to him god doesn't give job some clear-cut answer but God tells Job, "Who are you to have understanding? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I made the depths of the sea and I carved out the caverns beneath them? Do you know where those are? Does the does the thunder and the storms answer you? Does the lion uh, rely on you for its food? And like God's whole point is, look at how great I am. Why are you doubting me? And and God, when we when we realize that that's who God is and that that's what God does." And we realize our own sin state, right? When we recognize that we deserve nothing but death for our sin. God's made that very clear in Scripture, that the wages of sin is death, that death was going to be what comes into the world because of sin. And we realize that a holy and righteous God could strike us down justly at any time, right? There's there's nothing keeping us alive but God's grace. Everything that happens out of that becomes glorifying to God because we get to praise God for being so gracious to us. You know, when we when we wake up in the morning, praise God that you gave me breath this morning, so that I could rise and glorify you more throughout my day. It's not well, and that's yeah.
0: Psalm three. Is I, I I woke this morning because the Lord gave me breath, and so it, it's literally occurring because God's given us breath. So that goes exactly with what you're saying. Everything we do, every everything is
1: a, everything is to outpouring. His
0: glory. Yeah. And, and it's really cool to think about that, and it's it's just it's it's crazy. But I, I agree, you have to you have to step back and see him as ultimate, and him as in control, and him as righteous and good and just. And this is kind of a sidebar, not really what on what we're talking about right now. But I was just thinking, you know, you get Job complaining, you're talking about that, and God comes to him and says, "Stand and answer me like a man," which you would think would be the most terrifying thing. Oh my goodness, from God.
1: Talk, talk no, about soiling Job yourself. Wasn't afraid.
0: <laughs> but, but Job wasn't afraid. Yeah. Because he knew who his God was. And so he, he didn't have to sit there in fear and trembling. And I think that's, that's also reflective of, of how we get to be coming before him now, knowing who our God
1: We We have confidence is. in his character because he's proved his character. He's, he's shown us that he is unchanging and that he is all-powerful. And at the same time, exactly. he loves his people
0: exactly but yeah yeah so a little sidebar there i just no, that's I, good Not... that just hit me right now so yeah i always keep learning because i've always thought about that man like man joe was terrified and this time I actually backed up i was like well no i bet he wasn't because we don't see well that i mean i think there might have been being an obvious guy. there might have been a little bit Healthy of, fear, there was yes. a little
1: bit of terror of i talked about stuff i shouldn't have you know i spoke of things i didn't understand yeah. uh my my mouth is done like i'm, I'm done talking now <laughs>
0: Yeah, there was definitely some good correction brought absolutely.
1: to him Absolutely. But but you're right, but he he approaches God with confidence because because he knows who his God is.
0: Yeah, which is again, honestly how we should be absolutely. Yeah. Approaching him. And and the other thing, oh, kind of switching gears here again, back to solely devara, the one of the really important things that this doctrine does. And I mentioned if we lose it, we get a man-centered doctrine. If we have this if we have this, we cannot have a man centered theology if we're holding to this so low.
1: Absolutely. Like it's absolutely. just not
0: possible. And so this flies in the face of the prosperity gospel, of the spoken word gospel, of all these things that are focused on how am I gonna better my life and, and how am I gonna use God to make my life better. And does God make our life better? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Just not in the way the world defines a better.
1: Yeah, not not at all.
0: But one hundred percent he makes it better. But that's, that's not the point. That's not the purpose. It, it flips it from being focused on what I'm getting out of it and what it's doing for me to how God is being glorified through it and what I get to now do for him as I serve him. Yeah. And, and follow him. Yeah. And so it, it just completely crushes all of those man-centered gospels that are very popular because they're really appealing to our flesh. I mean, you talked about it last episode in solo scripture about how our tendency is to take things and make them man centered. And unfortunately that happens with the gospel a lot. Yep. And a lot of very famous pastors preach a very man centered gospel. And it's it's terrifying how many people follow after that and flock to that. Because A, they're being grossly misled and B, they're missing out on on that joy. That joy that comes in enjoying God and enjoying glorifying him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so it's just heartbreaking.
1: And I, I always go when I when I think about this, I always go back to to Second Timothy when Paul is is giving all kinds of instruction to Timothy, his the man he's been mentoring and, and discipling and training up to, to be a leader of the church. And, and Paul knew that this was coming. I mean, this uh, the false teaching, the the people that flock to to teaching that sounds good or feels good or is appealing to them is not a new thing. That's not something that has just started. Paul was warning about it in Scripture. He was telling Timothy, you know, the time is coming when when people have itching ears and they'll they'll go uh, seek out doctrines that, that satisfy them. They'll seek out teaching that makes them feel good and they'll, they'll reject sound doctrine and they'll reject the things of God because, because man wants what he wants and man's going to seek after what he desires. And, and if his heart's not set on God and his heart's not set on seeing God's glory, then he's not going to seek after God's glory. And so he's going to seek things that glorify himself instead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you see that even through the Old Testament. You see Israel falling away so that because they become concerned about what they could get. I mean, look at them when they come out of Egypt. They're going, all we have here is, is manna we're lost in the desert. It was better for us in Egypt. And so, again, looking for their own own good and being willing to submit back to slavery for that, which is a, a representation of what we do now in saying, oh, I was served better serving myself, and so I'll, I'll go back under the yoke of slavery to sin instead of following God who is good and who is providing and who is taking care of me. And and so, yeah, that's just that's just the nature of man is to... Yeah, I mean, and
1: sin sin doesn't change. Do that. Sin, sin's been the same from the beginning, and sin looks the same very often. Uh, like you just said, the Israelites in the Old Testament were... Reeling backwards and and back pedaling away from God whenever stuff got hard, and we do the exact same thing here when whenever stuff gets difficult or uh, we it requires some discipline on our part. It's like, well, maybe not i I think I'm good without this for now,
0: yeah, yeah, and even just as a warning shot for us and and all those who think they have a good god centered gospel, be cautious because using the right words doesn't mean you're truly concerned about his glory ultimately, yeah. And I think there's a danger in that too, like these these words are kinda of becoming popular trigger words to use now. Gospel centered, I mean, go to a Christian bookstore. It's gospel this, gospel, that, gospel this, gospel that. But if we start throwing these words around, just because we know the people bite onto them, and we're not actually conveying the meaning that comes alongside them, we're not actually living the life that should be flowing out of holding to these doctrines. Yeah. That that's a red flag. Again, back to the the very first episode, if, if we're not seeing the works accompanying here, that's a red flag. Because espousing something is true and living it are two very different things. Yeah,
1: and it's, it's something that I don't, I don't know about for you, but I know for me as someone who, you know, will talk about this often and who, who th- tries to, to seek God in everything I fail at that daily and like even sitting here talking to you now and going through how great of a doctrine this is and how important it is to the Christian life even today I've, I've failed at this and there's there have been moments in the day where, where I spend my time thinking about myself seeking to glorify myself and, and I, I put off God for, for my own selfishness it's, it's a constant battle and it's it's so easy to fall into that selfishness, even when I, even when I know the doctrine, even when I understand it, even when I have a love for it, I still will forsake it, because because oh, I yeah. seek after my flesh.
0: Yeah, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm assuming this is gonna be the same way for you as it is for me. And I think all people who have been called the ministry, are honestly called the Christians, but we're even so perverse. We'll take this calling God's given us to ministry. And we'll twist that and we'll make it about us. Yeah, look, look at how so, good
1: I am that God's called me to do this special job.
0: We'll do that or we'll let things like, well, how much money is this one going to make me? Or yeah, how much are these people going to like me? And we let those things start influencing where we're entering into ministry or what we're doing in ministry instead of making it about God's glory alone and not not being concerned about these other things. Yeah. Not that you don't want to provide for your family, not that you want to be intentionally abrasive. Yeah. But those the concern of of earthly possessions and the approval of man are are both horrible reasons to be defining your and shaping your ministry. It is.
1: And that's I mean it, it's it, it takes constant battle on our part. We we have to go to war with our sin. Uh, because because if we get complacent, then then it will always win, and so we have to take up arms against our sin. There's a reason that that Paul describes, you know, the armor of God. It's it's it is a battle. It is a war. It is a fight. It's not something that we get to sit back and idly watch. Uh, my my man Logan was talking about this on the Reformed <laughs> Gamers this past week. If you guys haven't checked that podcast out, the Reform the Reformed Gamers is awesome and Logan talked about how he's been he's a youth pastor in Texas and he's been hammering into his students the John Owen quote you know the be killing sin or it'll be killing you right that have that constant battle and and seeking to to put to death your flesh and put to death your sin because the second that you stop doing that it's going to take over and you're you're no longer going to be living and seeking God's glory alone you're going to be living for your own self and your own sin and your own uh, your own glory and so the glory of God alone is something that's important and something that takes constant uh, thought and intentionality to, to live a life where we're actually focused on it.
0: It does. And, and again, this is, this is a lifelong process. This isn't something you just get down in, in one day. But what's terrifying is the amount of people that are, are put off by this doctrine that would call themselves Christians. Like, they, they wouldn't, if you said, oh, everything's for the glory of God, They'd agree with that. But then if you start bringing out some of the more practicals, they'd be shocked. Like if you go, well, Jesus went to the cross ultimately for the glory of God, they'd be taken aback. Because they go, no, he went to the cross because he loved the world. That's what John 3.16 says. And, and they'd lose sight of. No, the overarching narrative of Scripture shows this was for God's glory. Yeah. Even beyond that, you say to people, God is glorified by pouring out his wrath on sinners in hell. and And people were just appalled. Because we can't comprehend that well we can but don't want to comprehend that yeah and and so statements like that tend to catch people off guard, which are indicative that they don't actually hold the holy day of Gloria. they don't actually believe this yeah. and so again, uh, since I mentioned the hell one, I want to clarify that a little bit good, good idea yeah, God desires that Ezekiel. God doesn't delight when the wicked perishes, but when the wicked turns from his sin and trusts in him. and so God's delight is seeing people saved. but when man refuses to glorify God, God is not going to lose glory off of that. yeah and when when a judge makes a good and right call in the courtroom and condemns a criminal, we honor them for that. We call judges your honor. Because there's honor and there's respect that goes with that, and it's a good and a right thing to do, and it's the same with God in punishing sinners in hell. That's that's the problem I think a lot of the times, and this goes into the five points of Calvinism with total depravity. If if we don't have that down, if we don't see man as totally depraved and totally deserving of that wrath, then we see God as being bad for punishing it. But when we recognize, a God is good, and we don't get to question that, and B we are fully deserving of that wrath for eternity then we see that it's a justice and a righteous and a holiness and a goodness that's being done here and so God's being glorified through those acts because it's his holiness on display like John Piper was talking yeah, about
1: yeah absolutely
0: and just in the same way that in heaven his holiness is put on display by the outpouring of his love on his church and so it's, it's there's no difference there as far as him receiving glory yeah. The difference is what's being made manifest in either place. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a very important sola and one that, again, I think we're I think we're starting to see the church shift back towards it. At least I'm hoping yeah. so. So that's that's basically sola de Gloria. Some of the outpourings of it. Okay. I'm just going to say this now though. I I honestly don't know how you pronounce this one because half the time I see it as sola deo Gloria. Sometimes I see it as Soli de Gloria, and sometimes I see it as Soli deo Gloria. Like I never see it written the same. The yeah,
1: same I, I think yeah. the actual like in context, to Latin is the soli Deo Gloria. I, I, I mean, all of those words from what I know, uh, my my very, very, very limited knowledge of Latin, right? Is,
0: I have no knowledge of Latin is, other than English words that are derived. Yeah, from it. it's
1: it's. I, I believe um, just the the way that the form that it takes, soli Deo Gloria, is is what it is, but. Uh, I could be wrong on that. I think historically that's how it's been written, though. So um, that's what I'll continue to use, and someone, until someone corrects me and shows me why,
0: so. I was gonna say, if you're listening and you know why, like, go to our Facebook page and let us know. Well, and so that we can know it's. What's, what's and
1: up. then I've always said I, I. ran into this today. I listened again. Listen to Doctrine and Devotion. They they hit.
0: Uh, man, we plug so many other. Oh podcasts. man, it's, it's great.
1: I'm telling you, they're they're all good. Go listen to them.
0: Again, guys, they're a bunch of great podcasts out there and we will shamelessly plug them because you should be listening to them.
1: Um, but there's they did a what I've always called Soli Gratia, right? Or Soli And and yeah,
0: that's what I've always Joe
1: Thorne it. when they, when they did that one, he said it's uh so what is it? Soli Gratia or Gratia? I think he said is what it is, Soli gratia. And I'm like, I've I didn't know that's how it was pronounced. You know, he's Joe Thorne is a much smarter man than me, and, and so he's probably right. But I'd never heard it said that way before.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard that one either, but that makes sense. I guess we just go with Gracia because it sounds like grace, yeah. and so that makes more sense to yeah. us. Yeah,
1: we, we we Americanize it and Englishify it.
0: I mean, that's what we're supposed to do with everything, right? Exactly. Hey, if you want a place that does that, come on out to Missouri, folks. <laughs> we, we got Versailles. Is a town. Uh, Des Perez instead of De Pere. Like, we take all of these foreign sounding names and then we just pronounce them like you would read them straight off the page if you were in kindergarten.
1: Wait, do people actually really call sad. them Versailles and Des Perez?
0: Yeah, and that's, I'm pretty sure, the legit. I'm like, I lived there then.
1: for 22 years and I've always called it Versailles and De Pere.
0: Yeah, De Pere is becoming less and less called Des Perez, but Versailles is still called Versailles a lot of oh times. Oh my goodness. So. Yeah, Welcome sad. to the Midwest. Yep. Where the weather changes and we can't pronounce foreign words.
1: <laughs> good su- good oh, summary.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Don't like the weather, come back tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, so there you go. There's there's Solid Day Gloria. I don't know if we're gonna cover any more of the five solas as we get into this. Mainly because they're all so integral to each other that by this point having hit. We've three talked of them, about we all of them. All yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, we did have a request to talk about the doctrines of grace, though, so be looking for that in a future episode, yeah it's, and that should be a yeah, hard we'll one.
1: probably start going through that soon, so
0: yeah, yeah, and i'm I'm really excited for that. That's something I love talking about because I'm still a cage stager. There you go, not really, I hope I'm not a cage stager still. I hope God's working and making me more gracious with people, me too, but
1: for me, not just yeah. you
0: yeah for both yeah. of us, I, I hope so because man, we were pretty bad in college, yeah,
1: there were definitely some bad moments so
0: yeah if you're if you're new to reform theology, if you're new to Calvinism, first thing you need to do is go listen to doctrine and devotions, the new Calvinist podcast because that's going to give you some great advice. yep second thing you need to do is lock yourself in your house for like a month and read passages about grace and learn how to love people, like just read first Corinthians thirteen over and over again we had a we had a, a professor in your head we
1: had a professor at college who would tell people that that Whenever people became convicted of the doctrines of grace or, or Calvinism, that they literally should just be locked in a cage for at least—he he used to say, I think, at least a year, just to let them get it all out and and stay away from because they do more harm than good. And that's really what it comes just down. Just get him to. like a
0: body pillow to yell. Yeah, at. Just, <laughs> just strap a strap a mask on a body pillow and have him yell at that.
1: Yeah, they they got all. I mean, they got safe spaces everywhere now, right? You got safe spaces for people who get offended or upset by things. You can go <laughs>
0: have a safe ha- have, space have for spaces for, for
1: for new Calvinists to King go and stages. scream at things. And
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome!
1: Just go, just go by your nearest oh. Presbyterian church, everybody. It's going to be okay.
0: Well, be careful with that. If your PC PC, or PCA, or PCA church. USA. Go to your
1: nearest PCA church. <laughs>
0: if you go to PCUSA, you're going to be in for a surprise, and so yeah, will that's,
1: they. Yes, that's <laughs> very true.
0: <laughs> oh, we better get into TV. Probably shows a good idea. Probably a here. good idea. <laughs> so we're gonna, before we dig our hole any deeper here and insult any other denominations, we love our Presbyterian
1: brothers and sisters. By the way,
0: we do. Anyway, TV, TV shows. shows. So top five TV shows. Mark and I decided we're gonna talk about our top five favorite TV shows of all time,
1: and we're gonna wow. make it
0: a game. We are. We're gonna try and guess and see else. how well we know each and other here. This, this is a so test I'm of make friendship. Mark guess mine oh, first. Boy. Mark's Mark's gonna have a couple of easy ones just because he knows me and he hates one of my favorite shows. Yep. But we'll see how many he gets right. So go ahead and guess. All right.
1: So so I know for a fact that, that How I Met Your Mother is on that list. That's the show that I hate. And That's the one that Mark hates. I, I hate yep. How I Met Your Mother, but you love it, so I know that's there.
0: It's my favorite show. I've watched through it like six times now. Getting ready to start my seventh watch through it again. It's just a fantastic show. I
1: know that Psych is also.
0: On your list. Yep. Psych is one of yeah, your favorite shows. I've watched it quite a few times.
1: Um, the Office.
0: The uh, Office is not The on Office
1: there. is not on there. Okay.
0: It is not on. It did not make the okay. cut. I do really, really like The Office.
1: Gotcha. So yeah, that, that one's like an yeah, honorable mention. It was really mention. hard
0: making this list. Yeah, that's an honorable mention. Community yeah, is an honorable mention. Well, I figured you would guess that one. So yeah, that's fair, there. that's
1: fair. That's um, fair. Parks and Recreation.
0: Parks and Rec is Parks on and there. Recreation
1: is on there. Okay.
0: Um I'm gonna s- so you got two more. These are the two I don't think you can guess. I'm gonna i s- I'm gonna say elementary. Ooh, you did. You got it. Yep, elementary. Elementary's, elementary's on, there. on there. Um Can you get my last I one?
1: have give, give me two guesses. Okay?
0: Two guesses, okay. Okay, here we go. House. Bam, nailed, nailed it. it, first guess. See
1: I know you better than okay. you thought you did. Or you thought I did. You you,
0: you really I, do? I didn't know. If
1: it wasn't house, I was gonna say Sherlock, but I figured house was probably
0: that would have been a good guess, too. But yeah, House is higher up than Sherlock for me. Mainly because I don't have the attention span for Sherlock. Like, if you notice, three out of my five shows that are in my top half five... Half-hour
1: episodes. Are
0: all half-hour episodes. So, yeah, I guess Psych is more like 40 minutes, but it's not the full hour that like House and Elementary are. Yeah. And so, I, I just don't have the attention span to sit that long for Sherlock. I do love it, but I have to be in the right mood. Yeah,
1: that's fair. All right. But. So, my shows, there, there's going to be some overlap here. I will throw that out there, yeah, but I'm gonna let
0: I assume let that Luke's. Th- I think I can get four out of the five right away. Okay. I think so. I just I'm not sure about the fifth, so I'm gonna go with Chuck.
1: Yep, Chuck. Chuck Obviously. is my favorite. That,
0: Chuck is yeah. Mark psych. So psych is my favorite show. Chuck is Mark's favorite show. We'll get into why in a little bit here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Parks and Rec. being Parks on the and list Rec as well. is on there as well. I thought so, mainly because Mark's wife is Leslie Nope. <laughs> it's
1: it's nuts. We have a lot of fun making that joke. It's
0: like. She, she's, she's crazy and I'm wrong that relationship is Lindsay and I's relationship basically and it scares me how much it's like it's that. crazy it like
1: whenever whenever like you and I had graduated from MOBAP and Lindsay was still a student and stuff like Luke wasn't on campus or anything because he graduated and Lindsay was going to school and all this stuff and she always she would always talk to me about how much she missed Luke and wanted to hang out with Luke again because she she loved being around Luke and then we, we'd make the time to get together, and within, like, three, like five, within minutes, five minutes, minutes, Lindsay was angry at him. It was like, I don't know why I want to do this. And, like, we get so mad.
0: I don't think it was legit anger. Though. It
1: wasn't. It wasn't. But
0: but we definitely...
1: You, you push your buttons pretty pretty bad.
0: I do that to most people, to be fair.
1: <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. All right, but so Lindsay you, tolerates me. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. So, so, what do I say? Chuck. You got Chuck Parks and Parks and Rec. The office has got to be on there.
1: The office is on my list as well.
0: I figured, if it wasn't, your brother would probably kill you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. He would not that's, be happy.
0: That's got to be Jake's favorite show. It is Jake's time. favorite
1: show. He's he's watched it, I think, over ten times now. Also, a shout out to
0: Jake, who is my favorite Frowmy. Thanks, boy. I, I don't want to ostracize the rest of your family. He's my favorite Frowmy son. So, Thanks. I, I love you too, but Jake is awesome. He plays the sax, dude.
1: Jake is awesome. He's pretty, and he he yeah. plays it so well. Yeah, it's nice. He played at my wedding. Like, I, I had him solo play at my wedding when my wife walked down the aisle. That was a big honor. Yeah, we're all,
0: we're all just going to be talking about him and how we knew him when.
1: Yeah, once he, get, once he makes it big.
0: Yep, because he's so good. He's going to be the Kenny G who isn't Kenny G that everyone makes fun of. He'll oh be be like respected. Yeah. He hates Kenny so. G. It's so funny. From what like, I hear, most like, jazz players hate Kenny. G. Oh, they
1: do, but but you should bring up Kenny G around Jake sometime because it's hilarious. We'll have to have him guest
0: star and bring it up with him. <laughs> just let him go. I like
1: it. I like it. Just let him go off from Kenny G.
0: Will we have to use a bleeper. Nah. Okay, good. Then yeah, we can do it. So, <laughs> all right. The so you Office, got three Parks of my shows. Chuck. Oh man, I knew I knew the other one, and I just I just blanked on it. Psych.
1: Psych, Psych is also on my list. So that's to say,
0: if Psych isn't on your list, I would have to kill you.
1: Yeah, so that's that's where our similarities end, though. They're done.
0: I'm going to go with Firefly.
1: Ooh, it's not Firefly, but that is a good guess. Firefly did make my honorable mentions list.
0: Yeah, so I thought it might be Firefly. I know you don't care much for 30 Rocks. We've talked about that.
1: No, yeah, not really.
0: That's another honorable mention for me. Basically, NBC shows are just great. Is it Friends? You've been talking about Friends. It's
1: it's not Friends, and you're you're going to beat yourself up when you hear what it is.
0: Okay, give me one my, more guess.
1: Okay, one more guess.
0: One more guess here. Oh boy, I gotta get this right, or I look like a horrible friend. Although to be fair, I talk a lot more about TV. You talk a lot more about movies. That's fair. So, um, white collar?
1: No, not white collar. Uh, worth a I shot. can't, man. The IT crowd. Oh man, I'm the idiot. IT crowd. Is in that my. Is a, that show, show. Every time I watch through that show, it climbs my list. Like
0: we should probably give a disclaimer on that one, though. That one is a BBC show, and there is, you can drop f bombs on. Those yeah, shows. there
1: there is some more um, content in that one that can come up uh, that that may may offend some people. So, gi- giving a recommendation in the sense that it is a very funny show and it's a very clever show. But
0: there's watch there's some fairly
1: inappropriate stuff, and so watch it with discernment for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely don't, like, gather your kids around the TV set for that one. Yeah. Actually, probably yeah, not, not at any all. Of these shows. No. They're no. Probably all 13 and up.
1: Yeah. Psych is probably the most family-friendly show, and even that and one's got... And if you're
0: going to do that, i go through the first four seasons, and then it gets yeah. a little sketchier. Yeah.
1: So do you... But... I, I actually made a, a short honorable mentions list as well. I'm just going to throw a couple other shows that...
0: Dude, I didn't make this list until, like, halfway through our podcast. <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> Well,
0: there's no way I got honorable mentions list for you. Yeah,
1: I, I was thinking about this all day, and so kind of my honorable mentions. I should have
0: been. You told me I was playing yeah. Shadow of War all day.
1: I know, dude. You didn't do anything today. I was at I've work. all War. I was at I work siege, all day.
0: <laughs> I siege fortresses. I thwarted back the armies of evil. I worked pretty hard today.
1: See, I was at work all day doing actual work and thinking about our podcast tonight, while you were just sitting around at home doing neither of those things.
0: I can't help it that I don't work on Mondays. <laughs> Also, I'm just going to throw this out there because most people who are listening are going to know anyway. Just so you guys know, these first three episodes we recorded in a very short time frame.
1: Very short time frame.
0: Like one Saturday, one Sunday, and then one today. Which is Monday. Three days, three podcasts. Yep. That's not going to be our regular scheduling. Not at all. But we did that to give you guys a better sampling of what we talk about and just kind of let you get to know us a little bit better we'll probably be recording on saturdays and releasing on tuesdays
1: yeah we're going to try to shoot for one one episode a week so but we wanted to give you guys a few episodes to really get a feel for us and and listen to us and i mean also if you like us that much just get to binge us right off the bat right
0: yep there you go
1: all right so so my honorable mentions i'm going to go through these real quick here so my honorable mentions uh hogan's heroes is up there for me that's an older show and I it's still I still love it. I, my, my in-laws last Christmas got me the complete series on DVD, and I've already watched a ton of it. And, and Lindsay and I have just sat around watching Hogan's, Hogan's Heroes a bunch uh, because it's such a great show. Get Smart is another one of my favorite shows, which is another older show.
0: Um, I've never actually seen that one.
1: Oh, Get Smart's great. Get Smart's super clever and spy, spoof spy show, right? It makes fun of all the, the spy stuff, which was a big hit at the time um it's absolutely hilarious. I love get Smart, and then the other one I threw on here this one I think is more of a nostalgia show in some ways, but I
0: threw scooby doo
1: no no, I put twenty four on there um, oh really yeah i okay,
0: so this I not mock me for how I met your mother and have twenty four on your list Why? they 're not
1: even so. slightly the same thing
0: they 're exactly the same show, okay. Wait, 24 wasn't a comedy? <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't like it.
1: You might have watched a different show than I did. Is there two shows called 24?
0: No, it's the one with Jack Bauer, right? It was supposed to be a sitcom.
1: Yeah, it's a sitcom. That, that makes yeah, that's sense. I thought. No, so that 24 for me, the reason that gets unhonorable mention, I, I've tried to go back and rewatch it. And and some of it's good, but it's also not, in a lot of ways, also, too. Like, it's just not that good. And I think part of it for me was it's nostalgia for me because as I was growing up. and It was a
0: big thing when it came out.
1: It was, and it was like looking back on it, when I've gone back and watched stuff, there was a lot that I missed, like went over my head or whatever, but I probably shouldn't have been watching it at the age that I was. Uh, but <laughs> so maybe I watched,
0: You sit your kids down, they'll be fine. They won't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. I watched it with my dad, though. I think that's what made it nostalgic for me, is my dad would watch gotcha. it every week. That makes sense. And I'd sit down on the couch with him and watch through 24 and. It was an interesting show. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I liked the action, but going back, there's a lot of just really slow stuff in it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's sad when that happens in shows when they hit those slow spells, and you're like, "Oh, just get on with yeah. it." Which doesn't happen a whole lot in comedies and stuff. They just start reusing gags from other shows. But, yeah. But definitely, with those more dramatic action style shows, they can hit those slow points. Yeah, like yeah. I know that happens in House. We we mentioned House is one of mine. There were definitely some slow points throughout seasons in that show, but still made my my list just because one Hugh Laurie, and <laughs> B it's it's a take on Sherlock Holmes. One and, and B so. this is how Luke makes out. Yep, that's that's how I do this. This is this is how I do things. It's great. So
1: so so why just kind of why are the shows that you have on your list your favorite shows?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's run through that really quick. Um. So psych is great. Psych a, a we're gonna go a and two here, a because <laughs> I'm, I'm Sean Spencer. It's just how it is. It's bad. So what like, do he means I, by not, that is he's an obnoxious, sarcastic, smart aleck. Basically, who yes, makes
1: a lot yes. of people angry.
0: And so if I wasn't saved, I would I would act exactly like Sean does. Um. So maybe I'm just narcissistic, and that's why I like it. But no, in, in all reality, I like it because it's got great humor. It's got great. Great story to it. The writers do a fantastic job, and all of the freaking references oh my that it goodness, does to the, to the '80s are fantastic. And like, you will not find a show with more references. With to psych, the,
1: 80s. the thing that stand, like the number of references there are. Every time I go back and rewatch it, I've watched it four or five times, and every time I go back, there's more stuff. There's, oh yeah,
0: dude. There's there's so many references. There's stuff I didn't show.
1: notice the last four times I watched it, and It's like, oh, didn't see that. That was awesome. Like. Just constant, yeah. just moments of, of weird, obscure references. and they don't, they don't dwell on them or make a big deal whatsoever. No, they just they hit just them go and go right over them.
0: It's great. So yeah, it's it's fantastic, and like, you know, the writers for this that show were just having the best time of their lives with that, and fitting as many references in as they could, and they don't do it in a way that's like tacky or cheesy or distracting. Not at all. It's really like natural. They just it make just it flows. part of the characters yeah. and part of the story, and so it's great. So that's like How I Met Your Mother. I like. Just because i I honestly find it really funny, I like the storyline of it. I know you hate the writing. The one thing yep. I will say I will qualify this with the official ending should not be, and in my mind is not the official ending. The alternate ending should have been the official ending, which honestly would have cured a lot of your grievances with it
1: it would have i that's that's where it primarily falls apart for me um is that you know i I watched it's nine seasons, right yeah. Yeah, I watched, I watched the first eight seasons. And, I mean, part of it, for whatever reason, didn't keep my interest. Like, I, I lost interest in the show. Um, it wasn't a show I binged really quickly. Like, I'd watch a few episodes here and there because I just couldn't stay gripped by it. It, did, it didn't draw me in enough. Um, but, yeah, the ending is what, like, knowing what happens throughout season nine really frustrated me that writers would... Essentially destroy the character progression and all. Like the show, this is the thing about TV shows. They evolve over time. They change um, as as seasons go on. As characters develop, they go in different directions. And as fans respond, I mean that a lot of shows come down to the fan responses. And so as your fans yeah. help, um, essentially guide a show down the path it's going to go for the writers in season nine to essentially throw all that out the window because they had an ending in mind when they started the show that they still wanted to use. I just feel it's bad writing. It's a bad way to try I to do something. I agree with that.
0: I, I wholeheartedly agree with that and we will say, like I was thinking the other day about shows, there's a bunch of shows getting reunions coming back. Like you got The Office getting their reunion coming back and I was thinking there's another big one too that was getting a reunion. Psych soon. the movie! Psych the movie is coming. Maybe that was what I was thinking of. But so you have these shows doing that and I was like, I don't want one for How I Met Your Mother. Because they're going to be going off that official ending. And yeah. I'm not okay with that. And so it, it, it really does ruin a lot. But still, my, my theory is either do what you did and watch the first eight seasons. Or even better, just watch the whole series. And then watch the alternate ending. And it makes it way better. So if you haven't watched it, I won't spoil it for you. But when you get to the part in the last, in the very last episode when they say Ted, Evelyn, Mosby. You shut it down. You go to YouTube and look for the alternate ending and watch it there. So, it'll make it a thousand times better.
1: Or you just don't watch it.
0: Uh, I mean, you can do that, but you'd be missing out. So, Parks and Rec we both like, so we can both kind of share on this one. Oh my goodness, you know, it's like, just like we funny. Parks it and is Rec are just funny. There is not a character, with the exception of Mark Randanowitz, that you don't love. Or yeah. love to hate. Yeah. And they got rid of Mark pretty quickly, so they remedied that.
1: Oh my goodness, it's so... and. For for people who haven't watched it yet, if you decide to go watch it, season one is rough to get through.
0: Um, yeah, they tried to be The Office pretty hard. Well, and it, it was
1: so it was an offshoot of The Office, essentially. Like some writers and producers and stuff were were involved in Office, and The Office went and started Parks and Rec. And it was original like they were going to put it in the same universe. There was an intention, I think, or rumors at least of like crossover episodes and things like that. And so the first season, they try really hard to be The Office, and it's really awkward and clunky, And but it's only six episodes. So and it's
0: honestly not some of Amy Paylor's best work, too. No,
1: it's really not. And and so you kind of muscle through season one. Like I said, it's only six episodes, so it's not that long. And once you get past that, it's I, I will say it's one of the shows, one of the few shows, that gets better every single season.
0: It really does. Like, it's it it's really not is. one of those
1: shows that, like, falls off towards the end and has a couple clunky seasons where it tries to stick around and then just kind of falls apart and ends. It was a show that continued to get better and better, and character progression and the story progression was, was really good until it came to a very intentional end. Like, when they aired season seven?
0: Yeah, seven seasons. Yeah,
1: when they aired season seven, there was already, like, there was the intention of this will be our last season, we're going into this because we're ready to close it out. And so they wrap it up really really nice.
0: Yeah, they did. They did a fantastic job with it. And the character development in that show you were talking about that in Time at Your Mother. The character development in Parks and Rec is so good. So and they, good. they 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 change a lot of characters from season 1. Like you go back and watch season 1 and you're like, "What the heck?" Yeah. But they yeah. do it so subtly that your first watch through you don't even notice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, yeah it's and it's and very different. Or very unique. It's, it's very good.
0: It is. It's a, it's a great show. Great humor. Um great actors great great characters within it house house was another one of mine that was not on yours again hugh Laurie, and then just kind of that take off of Holmes, like psych is a psychic detective show house is basically a detective show with medicine which i also really enjoy like i considered doing something in the medical field for a while i enjoyed that stuff even though it's not super accurate in house but still it's fun and then elementary is another one of those spin-offs of sherlock holmes and so it takes him and sets him in modern-day London. And initially, I didn't think I'd like it because they made Watson the Girl, which I wasn't sure how I felt about that, but they do a really good job with it. They do it very tastefully. And thank goodness they have not made any love interest between them, at least to this point. So the day they do that is the day I stop watching. But it's just another great show. Again, great cast, um, great characters, and, and great story. It's another one that does have its slow moments at points. Like, that's not a show I'd binge watch, more than three or four episodes, but still a good show nonetheless.
1: You'll notice that Luke's favorite shows are shows that center around narcissistic main characters.
0: That is true. Psych, you got Sean, How Much Mother, you got Barney, House, House you got House. House. <laughs> and in elementary, you have Sherlock, who are all very narcissistic main characters. They're also, too, the, the other thing that probably really draws it in is all of those shows including Parks and Rec, have great use of sarcasm and wit, yeah. which is one of my favorite things in the world, especially House Elementary and Psych. Like, those ones are just fantastic. And so that's, that's my main draw for those. So the couple of shows on your list that yeah. I did not have.
1: Well, so one of my favorite things that's making me super pumped for this upcoming Psych movie is when I found out that Zachary Levi has joined mm-hmm. the cast... Zachary Levi Chuck gets
0: the, an honorable mention for me
1: Zachary Levi is the star of Chuck It better get an honorable mention for you or We're gonna have words <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Chuck is a show Alright, it's five seasons uh, Episodes I think usually are like 40 to 45 minutes long I watched the entire show In a week When I first discovered it Because I could not stop watching it
0: There's, Because that was back when we were in college And we somehow managed to live with no sleep
1: yeah, it was bad. I mean, I I fell behind on homework for that week. I really had to do a lot of catch-up there, because I wasn't working on anything. Um, I was sitting in my room watching Netflix, like, curled up in my desk chair, because I didn't have a TV in my room. I was just watching Netflix on my computer, and just non-stop. I watched season three in less than a day, the whole season, or in a day, I guess, like, within 24 hours. It was, it was absolutely insane, the amount of time I spent watching Chuck, but... It's because the show gripped me so much. And that's, we talk about character progression with Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. The, the thing about uh, Chuck, Chuck is the show, I think, does better character progression than Parks and Rec does. Like, there, there's not a single recurring character in the show that does not have massive character development from beginning to end. Yeah, and that is even, true. They do great. Even when you get down to characters like Big Mike and Jeff and Lester at the Buy oh, like
0: Big Mike, they and Jeff have Lester, huge fantastic. character arcs
1: throughout the whole show. They're they're minor characters that are just kind of in the background in supporting and supporting. They're the roles. reason I watch the show. And they have they have episodes centered around them, and they 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 progress as characters from beginning to end. So much so, like there's not a character in the show who's not just grown and changed from episode one to the finale like it's it's insane how much character progression there is in the show and that's one of the things i love about it the other thing like luke talked about how he's sean spencer from psych i'm pretty i'm pretty much chuck like
0: without all the cool uh without the the cool
1: powers and memory
0: (laughs) yeah we won't get too much into that because we don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it
1: yeah not at all um if if you have not watched chuck i highly recommend it unfortunately it is no longer on netflix no, Chuck is uh, it's a phenomenal show. So if you can get your hands on it, that's another show that it, when it got pulled off of Netflix, I, I got the, uh, the complete series on Blu-ray for Christmas this past year, too. So it is a yeah, fantastic it is good. show. Um, what else I say? Uh, the Office. The Office is another... The
0: Office is also a really good show. It was right there for me. I was, I was really torn. Yeah, it's about super good. I'm not putting it on the list.
1: Um, It's just, it's funny. It's got a great story and character progression. It's some of the things that make The Office funny is the awkward moments. Like, it's set up more, like, realism style in the sense of it being, like, the mockumentary and falling around an Office. And so the things characters say or the situations they put themselves in become very cringy. Like, my mom hates The Office because she doesn't like feeling that way. Whereas, like, my brother and me and, and my wife and, and my dad and, like, a lot of people like that humor. But I know some people who really don't like The Office because it's just not their style of humor. And if that's the case, that's fine. But because it very much appeals to a specific crowd and a specific type of humor. But it's it's fantastic for people who have that humor. It's a really good yeah, show.
0: It is. It's great. And the, honestly, the best part of The Office is the opening. The opening scenes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those are just hilarious. Scenes are great. Um, so, the it crowd, the IT crowd, that is a show that that one
0: we just like because we work in IT. Like, if you don't work in the IT field, you are not going to appreciate that's that not show totally true though.
1: You're not going to appreciate it as much. But my wife, it's so good,
0: but you're not going to appreciate yeah, it as much.
1: My wife is and not a tech person. Really, um, she's not big on technology. She's not good with technology. She's always asking me how to do things. Um...
0: We're sending this episode to Lindsay as soon as it's done
1: (laughs) And she Loves the IT crowd Like she's watched it with me With the exception of my first watch through She's watched it with me every single time And whenever we finish up a show or something It's like ah what do we want to go to It's usually Parks and Rec, The Office, or The IT Crowd And we kind of rotate those three Because they're all shows that we just love watching Um, The IT Crowd's super clever super I mean you want to talk about sarcastic That's true that one is is
0: very sarcastic
1: and, and in a sea parks, in <laughs> a sea parks.
0: Watch the show, you'll get it.
1: Oh my goodness, it's so. And and, and then on top of that too, being in the IT field, you oh propers. There's so many things about the show that's like, this is what I Those deal with bad. on a day to day basis. Like this, this is this like is like my life. Monty
0: Python. I'm just going to be sitting here throwing joke quotes at <laughs> this time. I'll stop.
1: Yeah, it's like a lot of British humor. There's lots of just one line it that's is thrown very, in there.
0: Very very British humor it's yeah. set in the 80s. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. So it's 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 a phenomenal show to me and again, it's got a neat progression too like the character progression throughout that one and uh, the overarching story for for the style of show it is actually surprisingly good. So uh, It is. But overall it you is. get you get a lot of good laughs watching that show. So,
0: and the final season is pretty great too like the way they end the show. Yeah. It's a pretty it great is. thing they, to do there. They
1: did so it ran for four se- seasons, or series, as BB you know, as they the call British way Across the series, Pond. Across the Pond. Um, so it ran four series. It's like six to eight episodes a series, I think. Um, and then it, it ended, and then a few years later, they came back and filmed one, like, hour to hour and 20-minute long episode. That's just called the final episode, um, where they really kind of wrapped everything up and brought it, uh closed in a really, really good way. And so that's all that's on Netflix, it's worth watching. Uh again, there's with all of these discretion shows, there's advised. there's discretion advised with all of these shows. Um the, the the BBC stuff especially can be a little different from what we're used to. Um so you gotta watch out for that. But overall they're they're pretty good shows and they're they're fun shows to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah so those are our, our top five shows. You got some honorable mentions in there as well so
1: if, if you're bored if, this weekend,
0: and you yeah. need something to watch? Now you got a list.
1: And if you have shows that that you really like or, or think we should watch, especially based on our list, you kind of get a feel for the shows that we like and things like that.
0: We're uh, always looking for new shows. Yeah,
1: po- post it in the Facebook group, send us an email, tweet us, whatever it is. Like we we love to hear your ideas because we're we're always watching new shows and and uh, so the the more we can find and the more new stuff we can experience, the better we we enjoy TV shows. So definitely uh, send, send your recommendations our way
0: yeah and again any any topics you'd like to hear us discussed like i mentioned we had a request for the doctrines of grace we'll take those seriously so send those in to us and and we'll see if it's something that fits with our show and we'll talk about it if it does yeah um,
1: like we said we we want to be beneficial to people and we, we want people to get something out of what we have have to say and, and so if there's something you want us to talk about then then please let us know because we'd love to talk about it
0: precisely I, I was sitting there thinking of what word I wanted to use, and I went with precisely. Precisely. So This yes. is what he gets from watching shows with narcissistic characters. It is, and now that we've been talking about him. It, it's bringing it back. <laughs> so. but, but anyway, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. Hit us up at errorpodcast204 at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Error204podcast at, at, G- Error G- at gmail.com. Link is in the show
1: notes. You said errorpodcast204. That's not oh. going to get to us.
0: No, don't send to that one. Send to error204podcast at gmail.com. Again, it will be in the show notes. Hit us up. Let us know thoughts, concerns, comments, questions. And we will hopefully catch you guys again here in a little while. See ya. See ya.